information presented on For the People is provided as general legal information. The general legal information is intended to inform consumers, is not intended to substitute for specific legal advice as it relates to the listener's specific legal issue. Consumers are cautioned not to rely on the general legal information broadcast on For the People as legal advice. No attorney-client relationship is created, intended, or implied between the consumers of For the People and Deborah Rainey Esquire, the compassionate lawyer, or the law office of Deborah D. Rainey. Please consult with an attorney for your specific legal issue. We the people says the Constitution, created for creating solutions. However, we the people lack the understanding. Legal terms and conditions sound written on another planet. Our rights we take for granted, often signing away our chances, because we don't really know the circumstances. I swear I can't stand it. Then we're so demanding, quick to throw up a picket sign in the street to exercise our freedom of speech, when the situation could have been avoided from the start if we the people conquered basic knowledge of the law. So this is for the people. Law in plain language, breaking it down for us in layman terms, that expression, her compassion and will for us to learn, not for a check, but to address how to win in these streets. This show is for you. This show is for me. It's for the people. What's up, what's up, what's up? It must be Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Because you're listening to For the People, Law in Plain Language. With me, Deb Rayner, your host, the compassionate lawyer. Joining me in the studio is my For the People fam, Black, a.k.a. the Broke Poets. What's up, fam? What's going on? What's going on, y'all? Yeah, she she was out on us last week, y'all. We're gonna I'm talk back. Shit, we're going to talk shit about it on the air tonight. You know but, what? You know, it's it's cool, all right, though. Good. <laughs> Simply the PhD candidate producer. Hey, producer, how are you? I'm grooming. Oh my god, I'm scared. I'm scared. <laughs> to all Christmas of y'all, Christmas is here. All of y'all out there in the listening audience, Merry Christmas, Feliz sure. Navidad, Happy it's- Hanukkah, and Santa is real. Kwanzaa to ya. <laughs> I forgot how to say Merry Christmas from Russia. It'll come back to me. So tonight, y'all, we're, we are doing a couple segments of Ask the Lawyer. Black and Renee and I have been trying to come up with a really hip name for this particular portion or segment of our show when we have just those shows for and about our listeners and their legal questions. Tonight, feel free to text us, 215-435-4099. Call the studio line, 215-609-43. Strike that. <laughs> Hit us up, email for the people at com. all one word, Deborah spelled Debraw, D E B R A. Hit the Facebook page for the people, tweet us at for the people. All your legal questions I'm tonight. Sorry, that's is FTP this, Law. Oh, my bad. The Twitter is F-T- hash, is it at FTP Law? Yeah. L A W. That's Twitter, or if that's too complicated, tweet me. At Deborah Rainey Law. Last week we had a show similar. We had some email questions that were sent to us. I got some questions off of the um, group I told you I belong to, a VO, AVO. You can put your legal questions out there, and lawyers have a certain amount of time to respond to your questions. 
My only advice to you if you use those kind of legal um, websites to get information, don't rely on just that website. Reach out, call lawyers, call the Bar Association for the area where you're at. And please, you don't have to be a scholar, but damn, make sure your grammar's on point. (laughs) I don't know how many times I reach out and try to answer people's questions, and I have no clue what they're asking me because the grammar's wrong or they're using... um, Fakey bonics or some old something that I don't understand. It's important. If your legal issue is important to you, make sure you take that time to spell it out correctly. So we got this new thing now. We're just going to mix up all these questions. I'm going to close my eyes or Black's going to point one and hand it to me. By the by, Mama Black, thank you. Um, If you have no idea, if you're a new listener, you're listening to dot. GTownRadio.com. G-Town, the world. Sound from Germantown. If we all sound like we're pooped, we are. We've had a long, long day. And everybody know when Deb's on jury tile, look out. So I may throw some rants up and through there. All right. First question. There's not going to be any names associated with these questions. And you don't have to leave your name if you email Facebook, Twit, Twit or Twitch? Tweet, Tweet, Tweet. (laughs) or if you text us a question but just make sure you spell at least phonetically spell the words right so i can understand (laughs) what you're asking first question is short can i sue my lawyer all righty then all righty then well Well, that's that's quite interesting (laughs) let's say this it depends on whether it's a civil case that you have an issue with if it is and you have something that you think your civil lawyer should have done and didn't do and put you in a worse position than you would have been in your case, you can file a malpractice claim against your lawyer. Understand, if you sue your lawyer, whether it's in a criminal or a civil case or some other situation, you have a heavy burden. What does that mean? You have to allege, at least in your complaint, that but for what your lawyer didn't do, you would have won your situation or you're more likely to win. I say that to say, remember, in order to sue your lawyer, you have to get another lawyer. Lawyers aren't that keen on suing one another, uh, unless you're talking about a big firm with 15 names, and most of us probably don't have a case that's worth enough for a 15-name firm to take on. So you'll be reaching out to Bubba Jackson to sue Marty Jackson. So just be leery of that and be aware that it's not something that lawyers are willing to do. In the criminal arena, if your lawyer does what you think he or she shouldn't do, or if they've done something and you think because of that lawyer's incompetence, if you will, you're in a worse situation than you would have been. There are other avenues that, that aren't about suing them. It's called a post-conviction relief act or an appeal, and you actually allege or you claim that your lawyer was ineffective. It's called ineffective assistance of counsel. The short answer, yes, you can sue your lawyer in varying um, avenues and arenas. So whoever wrote that, I hope I answered your question. If I didn't, hit us up on those um resources that i told you about all right black pick another question baby read the question sure. for me all right because my eyes is hurting this question right here is from mama black by the way listeners out yeah. there if you have some home remedies for cramps hit me up because i've been dying for oh the last two God. days please help a sister okay out. that is not a legal he- he- issue heating pads. <laughs> but there's no there's no fc fcc so if y'all have any i had heating pads on last night and i was bad oh my god it was it so worked. bad oh my god it was bad so just 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 have some love for me. If you got some home remedies for cramps, let me know. No, do aside not. from re- weed and, br- and brandy, <laughs> I was about to say Jack Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what can you do 
if you found out someone used your identity to get a job and collects unemployment under your name? First of all, that's fraud. It's called identity theft. What are your options? The first option, if it's somebody you care about, this is what I would suggest. Go to that person and say, yo, I got you. I know you're using my shit. Stop it. What if this is a complete stranger? You if don't it's a know complete the stranger, is. the first thing you do is go to your poli- your local police department and you file a police complaint. You file a report to the police that your identity has been stolen. The next thing you want to do is you want to go to the uh, Federal Consumer Protection Agency online. They have a website. It's called the Federal Pro- Consumer Protection Agency, and they have varying links for complaints that you have. Right. You also want to reach out to your credit bureaus, all three of the big ones, TRW, Equifax. Who's the third one? TransUnion. TransUnion. And you want it, You can go on their website, and you can click on a link that says report identity theft or report stolen ID. You want to do those things. If you don't do anything else, police report, the Consumer Protection Agency, and your credit bureau to make sure they know if any credit and stuff is taken out in your name, you're taking no necessary steps to put a halt I, to I all that. I thought the question was, how can you sue your lawyer? No, baby, wake <laughs> up. <laughs> we, we got a whole, <laughs> new, a whole new question. So, someone stole her ID. And what happens? If, what can you do if someone steals your identity? Was the question? And, and they're collecting uh, unemployment in your name. You want to make sure. Darn, you wow. want to make if they are collecting unemployment in your name, you need to contact the unemployment agency. And I wouldn't say email. And I would say go down there. What? Take your identification. It's not enough now for you just to use your picture ID. You need something else. You need to take a copy, maybe a letter from your job to say you work here. If you know a lawyer or someone, have someone write a letter to say that you are who you say you are. Take it to a notary. Have that notary notarize it. Take that down to unemployment and say, look, I don't know who this person is. I know that someone's using my identity collecting unemployment. It's not me. Don't come at me. Well, I just, I, I just have to add something. I steal, I steal someone's ID. And I go to a government agency right. and apply for benefits. So is there some stupid rule that we can and, also and, address? And what if <laughs> Social Security issued the person a Social Security card in your name? All Social Security can do is respond to what the person's issuing. So if the person satisfies all, all of Social Security's requirements to get that card, Social Security going to issue the card. So at that point, it becomes... Of how can you prove to authorities that you because are Because when you go down there, before you do, you're going to do the things that I suggested in order. Police report, consumer protection agency, the, the, the credit bureaus, and you're going to take that police report, and you're going to take that with you when you go to either unemployment or Social Security or both to show I am who I say I am. If you work and get your employers to write a letter... This person's name is, he started with us then, we've known this person to be this person for this amount of time, and get it notarized. And take that stuff with you to the various agencies that you're going to go to to, com- to make the complaint about your stolen identification. And if you're out there being dumb enough to steal ID, you get caught. Understand, it's a federal offense. You're going to jail with the feds, and the feds don't play. You're going to jail minimally five well, years. Well, I think it's stupid to, well, first of all, crime doesn't pay, but... I think to go to it a government agency. I got a job. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so don't listen to the producer because she not listening. She not thinking. But I think if you go, if you're going to steal someone's identity, why go to a government agency that can track your butt down? Because they want the money. Wow. All right, we got another question. This is spin off of the same one. They sent a letter admitting the error. Can you get a new SAN? Social Security number. I think that's, that's between the, the the administration and you. But I think that once a Social Security number has been determined to be compromised, they usually will suspend that number. 
I'm not sure how fast the new number is issued, even if, if one is issued. But they will suspend the number once they've deemed that it's been compromised, particularly where there has to be an investigation to determine who that person is. And trust and believe, y'all, federal agencies will investigate your button. They're not going to let it go. And inevitably, somebody dumb enough to steal someone else's identification leaves an electronic trail. They're going to find you. It might take a minute, but they're going to find you. And you best believe you don't want the person whose identity that you took to find you because you're going to need some um, hospitalization. (laughs) All right, Renee, you get the next question. What's the next question? So I have a question that came in, and it says, I'm going to a bunch of Christmas parties this year. I'm concerned about getting a DUI. I don't drink a lot, but I don't know how much I can drink and not drink without, you know, all those tests they give you. The easy answer to that, don't drive. If you know you're going to a party, don't drive. I know in Philadelphia, a couple of years, there have been cab companies offering that, um, what you call it, the uh, sober driver program or whatever. If you, Ladies and gentlemen, there's no way around a DUI except don't drink and drive. If you're someone like this person who sent this question in and you don't drink that much, if you're going to drink, have one drink and eat food. For every couple of sips of of beer, for example, you want to drink a full eight-ounce glass of water. Y'all need to stay tuned to the the show, to the website, to For the People, to the Podomatic page, to Facebook. We're actually going to do a DUI show on the rate of alcohol absorption, how much it's impacted by what you drink, what you eat, how big you are, what your body's normal tendency is. That is, what are your habits as it relates to drinking? Does wine react differently in your body than beer all that's going to depend on a number number of factors including how much of a social drinker versus an alcoholic that you are and believe it or not someone is five foot seven who weighs 225 pounds may get drunker faster than someone who's six foot may get drunk slower excuse me than someone who's six foot two 200 pounds because a shorter person's body has developed a tolerance to alcohol absorption so the alcohol is going to absorb in their body slower the quickest answer to that question is do not drink and drive. If you're unfortunate and you get caught up, what happens in Philadelphia and other places, they set up what's called a constitutional roadblock, a check to make sure folks are not drinking and driving. If you're ever pulled over in a place like that in one of those stops, don't say, sorry, officer, I've been drinking. Are you stupid? Shut your <laughs> damn mouth. Right, if you beer. know you've been drinking, don't say anything. The officer comes to the car. Hi, sir or ma'am. Have you been drinking? Hi, officer. What's the problem? Can you step out of the car? Sure. What's your first name? A, B, C, D. Say your first name. If you truly feel like you're um, unable to respond to the officer's questions, you know what, officer? At this time, I'm going to exercise my right to shut the hell up. Do what you got to do and take care of it that way. Don't offer to the cop. Yeah, I wasn't drinking. I only had one beer. No, I only had seven shots. Shut the hell up. You don't have to tell them. All right. Third, forget about what you see on TV. Philadelphia police officers do not do that field sobriety test nonsense. If you get stopped out in the counties, that's a little bit different because the rules are different. Remember, I told y'all Philadelphia is a um, special city, so they have their own rules. You're not likely to get a field sobriety test here in Philadelphia County. (coughs) You are likely to get a field sobriety test out in the county. What's a field sobriety test? A whole bunch of nonsense the officers make you do to determine your reaction time, your balance, all that nonsense. <clears throat> the bottom line here is, y'all, in Pennsylvania, they give you a driver's license. You are consenting, informed, 
you are agreeing to consent to officers providing those kind of tests and asking you for your blood. If you choose not to, you have every right to say, no, I'm not giving you nothing. If you're convicted, you might lose your license a little bit longer if you do that. I'm not going to go too far in depth to it. I'm going to tell you this. Don't drink and drive. If you are drinking, eat. I'm not talking about some damn M&Ms. I'm talking about starches, meals to absorb that alcohol. Wait between the time that you drink at least an hour before you get in that car. And make sure while you're drinking, you drink plenty of water. Drink, eat nuts and other starches, high-protein foods to help you absorb that alcohol. The best way, if you stand up and you think, ooh, I probably shouldn't drive, then don't damn drive. And remember to listen to the disclaimer at the beginning and end of the show. This is purely legal information. And some smart-ass information for you. Well, it's smart information, but I don't want to hear you come back and say, well, Deb Rainey Mama Black told me ginger root tea for cramps. Thank you. What the hell is ginger root? It's nasty. I'll what tell that you is? That. It's nasty. Okay, Mama Black, thank you so much, darling. Seriously, ladies and gentlemen out there, we're going to do a show also called Buzz Driving. There is such a thing. Why is that? The legal limit to drive used to be .10. Now it's gone down to .08, which is means it's gone down lower. And Pennsylvania has something called general observation, which means you may not even reach that legal limit, but you're driving so badly that the police officers can testify. Excuse me, test a lie convincingly to the judge (laughs) that you are unable, incapable of operating a vehicle. Please do not drink and drive. Next question, Black. And just on that same thing, I mean, if you're going out with a group of friends or folks you go out with. Pick a designated driver. Even if that designated driver rotates for each party or each event you go to. Or guess what? Get on the subway. Take a train. take Take a taxi. Please. More people are killed in our country every month from drunk driving than any other conduct please be safe out there and if you do find yourself caught up you do get pulled over by the police you have a right to shut the hell up exercise that right all right as black reading through the questions she wants to do renee you got another question i do um you mentioned the subway i'm just reading thank you thank you it's It's gonna be groovy it's gonna be groovy i saw a crime on the subway and there were no cops around how do you handle that hmm um wow something shut you to hell up because what do you mean by a crime (laughs) if you somebody booze you like the producer spitting on the platforms a crime so i i I, the question's a little vague okay let's say you there's nothing in the law that there let me qualify that first and foremost nothing in pennsylvania says you got to step in and stop a crime don't be superman because you're not bulletproof however there is a good samaritan requirement we'll go into that later but essentially what that means someone's hurt you see it you have to jump in there and render aid if someone's committing a crime do what you would do if you're me and i'm not in my suit and not that lawyer deborah i'm gonna say yo dude what you doing stop what's all that about what's that necessary for but I may jump back in the day. We say, here's my business card. When you get arrested, give me a shout. <laughs> no, but there's not. no law. all up in there trying to stop. <laughs> there is no law in Pennsylvania that requires you to stop a crime from happening. But let's hope the law of humanity looking out for one another will make you step in and say, yo, think, what you doing, dude? People too scared to have the, the, the And that's the done. problem. Stop it. Stop and being it, scared. And there was actually a Seinfeld episode about that. Oh, my gosh. You like Seinfeld. That's Seinfeld. the boringest, dumbest white show I've ever seen in my life. It's really guy. white, too. Jerry Seinfeld, the comedian, he's not very funny either. Oh my no, God. 
The other guy's the racist. Kramer, the racist. Oh, oh, I know. It was one of them. Yeah. So I hope I answered your question, whoever you are that asked that question. You do not have a legal obligation to stop a crime. You do have a moral obligation, I think, to at least scream, holler, get someone's attention, depending on what the crime is. Y'all agree or disagree? And how many people are on the train? How many of y'all out there agree with that response? Do you think you should have a a requirement, a duty to jump in and stop a crime from happening? Give us a shout. 215-609-4301. There you go. What's the text number? 215-435-4099. Email for the people at DebraLaw.com. Black, Renee, y'all agree? If you see a crime happening, do you have a duty to jump in there and do something, Renee? Uh, it, the, Renee is the fastest the draw in the West. She got 911. <laughs> She's the fastest <laughs> dollar in the West. She got it on speed well, dial. Listen, it depends. If we all got a gun, something like that going on, I think I might mind my business. But at least make some noise. Get somebody's attention. Even if he got a gun, you're running. Call 911 oh, yeah, while you're running away with your cell phone. But if you're on the train, where are you running to? Crime. Into the next car? It ain't like the car doors don't open. So you're gonna leave I mean, you got to use your common sense, y'all. Yeah. I have experience behind me, and the kind of person that I am, I'm going to be real. I'm going to jump in and do something. Suit or no suit? Suit or no suit. I'm going to jump and do something. If I just stand up and say something or try to get the person's attention, and it depends on what's going down. I'm yeah. not a, I'm not superwoman and dude got a gun. I ain't got no bulletproof vest on. Sure. I'm going to hope and pray that I can talk that brother into putting it down. Well, I got to be a about, brother. Uh, black people ride the subway. So do other people. No, we ride the subway from north to south. Mm-hmm. No, not always south. Well, to City Hall. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter race, sex, gender. You need to use your own um, what you know. Sort of like and, yeah, your own intuition. Yeah, yeah and the other option know. is you can get off at the next stop and tell the, the conductor. Or the you can pull the emergency cord and train, depending and on how. little call buttons This shit there. don't work, but, you know, it's there for, for GP. All right, <laughs> hopefully that answered your question. And if you person out there who wrote that, that suggests to me, I think, that you may have saw something and didn't know what to do. Absolutely. Next yeah. time, do what do what it is in your nature to do. If it's in your nature to help, please help. If it's not in your nature that don't help, then be a little cowardly bitch and walk. I'm just playing. Well, who are you calling the bitch? <laughs> she ain't playing. She ain't playing. <laughs> <laughs> she ain't playing. What y'all think out there? Give us a shout. Let us know your thoughts. Black, you got another question yeah, for Yeah, I got one. I actually like this one. It says, what can you do if you've completed your conviction and you're out and you find new evidence that could exonerate you from the conviction? All right. Now, let me make sure I understand the question. I think the person's asking, I've been sentenced. I got convicted. I've been sentenced. I finished my sentence. I get out. I'm going on with my life, and I find new evidence. The first thing you need to do is get in touch with an attorney because Pennsylvania, most states have something that relates to post-conviction relief. You can file a post-conviction relief act in Pennsylvania. What does that do? It allows you another shot at trying to attack your conviction. The burden is really high, y'all. What do I mean by that? Anytime you file anything in court, there's a legal burden that has to be satisfied. You have to satisfy certain legal issues, certain legal questions, certain threshold legal questions for a post-conviction relief act when you claim that there's new evidence you have to be prepared to demonstrate to the court why that evidence would not have been available to you or your attorney back then that's not that easy remember we had the lady here from pennsylvania project innocence depending on the nature of the evidence and if it tended to show that you actually weren't even there when it happened they might be able to help you out the court is required by law to appoint counsel to you if you can't afford counsel. So there are ways, but most of the time you're looking at a post-conviction relief act. 
Um, and you can actually type into your browser, Pennsylvania Post, P-O-S-T, Conviction, C-O-N-V-I-C-T-I-O-N, Relief, R-E-L-I-E-F, Act. And it'll sort of give you a down and dirty about what that's about. But that exists as the last-ditch effort to try to attack your criminal conviction. Hopefully that answers that question. Right. If not, hit us up. Y'all know how to get in touch with us. Sure. You're listening to For the People, Law and Plain Language, yes. with me, Deb Brady, your host, the Compassionate Lawyer, Black, a.k.a. the Broke Poet, yeah, yeah, yeah. simply the producer, Ph.D. candidate. Tonight we're answering listeners' questions and, and, that were and, emailed and we're to us. On. Email to us, Facebook to us, <laughs> I almost other kind of ways sent to us. And we listening because we playing on www.whatthefgtownradio.com. G-Town, the what? A sound from German town. Wow, I just got a surge of energy. I don't know did where it came like from. Last week? I did. Oh, I, I tried did. to get her to do it, and I sucked at it. it. No, she's like, <laughs> I, I tried to hit you, Black. I couldn't get you, girl. Oh, man. By the way, y'all, Black, just, just she just shit out on us. Didn't even call, didn't write, didn't It know. wasn't like that, She man. was out know. there trying to get her little roll on. Don't believe that. Next question is... Dun, 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 okay. dun, dun. And please, y'all, remember what I always say. Don't just take my word for it. Put it in your browser, research it, reach out, sure. call an attorney. You can always call Philadelphia Bar Association, Pennsylvania Bar Association, or the Bar Association for the area in which you live and ask that question. A lot of attorneys will provide free legal consultation or discounted legal consultation. Most criminal attorneys in Philadelphia County will not charge you for a, crim- for a criminal consultation. Civil consultations, most attorneys will charge you minimally their hourly rate. Next question, please. All right. We're going to take this next question, and then we're going to do a Christmas music break. Hold up. Jingle bell. Oh, all right. This one is, it says, why is it that in some cases, some vigilantes get in trouble for revenge and others don't? And the example given was a little girl got raped and the people in the neighborhood and the girl's father court the guy who did it and beat him unmercifully and the police arrested the rapist and filed no charges against the guys who did it, who, who beat him up. Y'all think about that question. Bottom line, why do some vigilantes get in trouble for what they do and others don't? The case in point, the, the caller, the inquirer wrote, Little girls are raped. The rapist is caught and beat down by the neighborhood folk. Police catch him and arrest him. But nothing happens to the vigilante people. I'm going to answer that. Both Debbie the lawyer and uh, Debbie the roundaway girl. We'll be right back. For sure. He's seen. 
I'm so sorry. I have no idea what the producer was playing. Black and I put the headphones on. Like, what the hell is that? <laughs> Welcome back to For the People Law and Playing Language. Labeled. It wasn't labeled. It was called the Christmas song. What happened okay. to Rudolph and, and all that? <laughs> and what happened to Chestnuts Roasting? <laughs> the, I don't know what that was. We apologize. We must have been having some technical musical difficulties. By the way, any of y'all DJ Doctor want to send some playlists to? Our producer, please do so. Renee at, at DeborahRenneLaw.com. <laughs> Hook her up. Okay. You're listening to questions, legal questions posed to us by our listeners sent via email, Facebook, and a few were texted into us. We're providing um, questions, answers to those questions. Now she finds the chestnuts. Who was that dude before No, it said the Christmas song. Well, we, I thought we taught it was them this copyright. The we have to give the props to the person who sang it. Whoever you are, please don't make that no more songs like that. <laughs> that was bad. That was really, really bad. So anybody out there, if you were wondering a home remedy for cramps, Mama Black said try ginger root tea. I don't know what ginger root is, but I'm gonna find some. And then presumably you can get that in a healthcare store. So far we've asked we've had questions and we provided answers. Can I sue my lawyer? Yes, you can. Malpractice and or the post conviction relief act in effective assistance to counsel. I was convicted, finished my time. I found new evidence. What can I do? Reach out to an attorney because Pennsylvania has, and I think all 50 states have, I'm, I'm sure all 50 states have some manner of post-conviction legislation that allows you to attack your conviction with new evidence. But keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, the standards are pretty damn high. Another question asked was, if I see I'm on the train, I see a crime, what do I do? Some folks say, mind your business. Deb says, do what you got to do to get involved. Stop the madness, y'all. Stop looking away get involved go back to the way we used to be i'm my brother and my sister's keeper let's go back to that and things will probably get a little bit better another question was asked is um drinking and driving i have to go i'm going to a number of christmas parties with my friends what i would do to keep them getting a dui don't damn drink and drive if uh, you are going to drink because you like to socialize 
Make sure that while you're drinking, you have plenty of water. Eat lots of food, proteins, starches. High, eat heavy foods, not nuts and gum and weed. Eat. But the best but advice don't is drink take a designated and drive. drive. People, don't drink go. and drive. If you find yourself pulled over by the police because he or she says, pulls you over and says, I noticed you were weaving, don't offer that you were drinking. And if they ask you if you were drinking, don't say yes. Ignore them. Officer, hi, hi. What can I help do for you? How you why you pull me over? Well, I need to know if you were drinking. Well, officer, you know, I heard on for the people that I have a right to shut the hell up. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to shut the hell up. Don't offer evidence to be used against yourself. Stay tuned. We are going to do a um, buzz driving and a drunk driving show. We'll give you a little bit of the science, science Excuse me, that goes into the rate of alcohol consumption versus the way that your body absorbs it, height, weight, your drinking, um, proclivities, and the things like that. Well, I just, just want to add one little piece there. So, oh, God. Um, I am an African-American. <laughs> Bitch is black. And <laughs> <laughs> um, a, a police officer. Pulls me over. The popo? Yes. Um, to all my popo boys out there listening, what's that? Um, <laughs> By the way, have y'all heard about the narcotics cops who are in trouble? We'll talk about that. It's fine. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, so the officer pulls me over, and he's not an African-American. He's not allowed to call you nigger. <laughs> <laughs> That's illegal, and those are fighting words under, under, under the First Amendment. Well, because he might think that I'm one because of his beliefs, Maybe I shouldn't have that attitude where I'm going to shut the hell up. Well, presumably, folk, y'all going to be a lot more articulate than that, and you're able to say, I know my rights. I'm not answering that question. There you go. Because sure. it may incriminate I, I, I me. Think some so if you're looking for that. a more educated answer, say, I have a right to shut the hell up, I'm going to do that. Or you can say, listen, I am aware of my rights. I do not have to give you answers to questions that may potentially incriminate me. Please don't ask me those questions because I'm not going to answer understanding what the um, potential ramifications can or may be. Which are? If you've got further questions, shoot me an email for the people at DebraInLaw.com. One is you can lose your license. And I mentioned something, and I kind of briefly skimmed over. I want to make sure you all understand it. Pennsylvania, like most states, is a consent-to-drive state. What does that mean? The moment you agree to satisfy all the requirements in Pennsylvania to get your driver's license, you when you get that driver's license issued to you by the state, that is a privilege, not a right. You have a right to remain free of unreasonable searches and seizures. You have a right to not have excessive bail put on you. You have a right to bear arms. Your rights are contained specifically within our Constitution, both state and federal. Things that are in there are considered privileges. They're privileged to drive, right? They're privileged to register the vote, those kind of things. Those privileges can be given and they can be taken away. One of your things that you have to be aware of, the moment you get a driver's license issued by the state that issues it, you are agreeing. It's sort of implied consent. You are implicitly saying by accepting that driver's license, I'm going to follow the rules and regulations of this state and the road and do the things I'm supposed to do. One of them is if an officer asks you to subject you to a blood test, a breath test, or a field sobriety test, and you refuse, the ramifications of that are if you get convicted, you lose your license for a longer period than you normally would have. So there's a whole bunch of things that go into it. Don't try to be pro se or be your own lawyer. Reach out to a lawyer if you find yourself in that position. So I'm going to go back oh to my that. God, here so she we goes. have Susie Straightlace. Doesn't usually drink. Went to a holiday party. Renee? She's not <laughs> intoxicated. That's Renee. She's <laughs> not intoxicated, but she got stopped. I'm just trying to give some clear steps for that person who. You'll be pulled just, over if you're pulled over. The officer's going to walk up to your lock car. 
And if the officer is an actual Philadelphia Highway Patrol officer, Philadelphia has one police department. They have various units in there, and they also have a Highway Patrol. The seasoned Highway Patrol officer is going to come up to you and say, Hi, thus and such. May I see your license and registration? By the way, have you been drinking tonight? And they're going to be so nice and so friendly and catch you off guard. Well, officer, I only had one, 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 one glass of wine. Okay, boom, you're hit. Do not answer that question. The answer to that question could lead you to be charged with and arrested for driving under the influence and or provide that additional evidence that that officer needs to justify arresting you. Criminal Law 101, an officer cannot make an arrest without probable cause. You admitting to driving along with what the officer is going to testify that his or her observations were amounts to probable cause. Do not answer that question. Say to the officer, good evening, officer. Here's my license and registration. I refuse to answer that question. So let's say two scenarios. One is, (laughs) one is the alcohol can clearly, the alcohol, the police officer can clearly smell the alcohol. Here you go. Let me stop you right there. Can that officer distinguish between the alcohol that came out of a bottle of beer or the alcohol that's contained in, let's say, mouthwash? Alcohol that's contained in, let's say, for some reason, you have a nut of a, of a person who's drinking transmission fluid. You can't distinguish. <laughs> you can't distinguish by smell ether alcohol. That alcohol that is in the alcohol that we drink. So I have a lot of fun with these officers when I cross examine them on the stand. Well, what does it smell like? Okay, so let's just for one final question. And what if you spilled something on you, and it's in your clothing? He can't distinguish that from. So let's unless say you open your mouth and say yes, then that coupled with with the smell equals probable cause. Shut your mouth. So suppose, don't offer nothing. So suppose Yo no hablo English. <laughs> <laughs> suppose Yo no say nada. Suppose Susie straight lay skip lunch because she was planning for the party and getting ready. And she did have Chicken Little. The sky is falling. The sky is falling. (laughs) (laughs) She had two glasses of champagne, maybe three. And she is a little intoxicated. Susie Straight Lace should not drive. But she's driving. The police has has pulled her over. She needs to get out the car, lean back and settle down, put your arms behind your back, be ready, be cuffed up. She did not do the, oh, she didn't, no. She's in the car, the police stop her. She was swerving. Sing along with me, listeners. Lean back and settle down, be ready to be cuffed up. Shut your mouth. You're caught, you're hit. Let your lawyer do their job. So at that point, she's going to get arrested. She's going to be arrested. Be quiet. They're going to take you down to whatever police area it is in your city for failure. So it's the roundhouse or even the district. They're going to book you and they're going to charge you with DUI. You're going to get an ROR um, bail. You're not going to have to pay anything on your own recognizance. You sign your name and you leave and you're assuring the court that you'll be there. I can drive time. (laughs) <laughs> let me let me add this if the police ha- if the police officer has not impounded your car right and your car is where it was when they pu- got you until the department of transportation tells you your license is suspended you still have your license you probably shouldn't drive right away but in pennsylvania philadelphia county you not getting released no time soon it takes 12 to 26 hours to be arraigned anyway. So by the time you're done being arraigned, you're going to be sober because the groundhouse is so disgusting, it's going to scare you straight. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this right now. You know you've been drinking. You see the lights come on behind you. Pull yourself over. Take your key out the ignition. Put it somewhere safe. Put your hands up on the dashboard and sit the hell 
Still, let the officer direct you from that point on. Do not offer any information. If you know your driver's license is suspended, don't give it to him. (laughs) If you know you don't have a driver's license, don't offer it. Sit there. Let the officers do their job. Moving right along, chicken little. Here's a question. I bought a car three months ago. It keeps breaking down. The first two times I took it to the dealer, now they're refusing to fix it. Help me. Most states have something called a lemon law, and I'm not going to go into all the, the intricacies of it. Lemon law, ladies and gentlemen, does not apply to a new car. It applies to an old car. And what it says in a nutshell, car dealers out there admit and agree that they will sell cars that are um, usable for the public. They can't sell you cars that are dangerous and unsafe. The dealers have a duty to be reasonable in helping you make this car drivable. Is there a time limit within which from the day you buy it to when you can say, oh, lemon law, lemon law, lemon law, a reasonable amount of time? What's reasonable? It depends on how good your lawyer is. So what I suggest to the person who wrote this, I don't care how many times you have to take it back. You got to decide, is it worth this headache for me to hold on to this piece of crap car? I've taken it back twice for the same thing, and it keeps happening. Give me my money back or give me a replacement car or be ready for me to sue you behind in court and get from you four times what I normally would have gotten. Most of the dealers, if you scream and holler, use words like lemon law, these little mom and pop shops, enough of them have been smacked and um, fined by the city and shut down that they will respond in time. Don't keep taking cars back. And, and, and for the same thing after the second time get rid of that damn car demand your money back or another car if you have a problem reach out to an attorney most attorneys will even write you a letter i write letters and most of my brethren will write letters for 250 dollars. we'll send it to the dealer and boom and get your car back hopefully that answers your question all right you, you never answered uh the question we went on break part with. two my fault we went on break the question posed was this why do some vigilantes get away with what they do and others don't the the um, example given, little girl was um, sexually assaulted, raped. The family in the neighborhood caught the rapist, they think, beat him down. None of them were arrested, but the rapist was arrested and charged. And now he's facing trial. Pennsylvania does not recognize the term vigilante. New York actually has an anti-vigilante statute. We don't have that here. In Pennsylvania, you are allowed to defend yourself and defend others against bodily serious bodily injury and or death you're you see a child being attacked raped even that's attempted serious bodily injury you have a right to defend that child defense of others it's going to be up to the police on the scene and the district attorney's office later on down the road whether or not charges will lie against the so-called vigilantes for his or her action but in pennsylvania it is legal to defend yourself and others It's actually a defense called self-defense or defense of others. The degree and whether or not you're going to be successful at trial with that defense is going to depend on the nature and all the surrounding circumstances. I hope that answered your question, Mama Black. Thank you for that question. That was a good question. For sure, for sure, for sure. Next question. I got a check in the mail written to me in my name for $478. I was excited. I cashed that check. I went shopping. The police came looking for me. I'm scared. What do I do? 
Okay, y'all, this is one of those real moments. Y'all know, for those of you who've been listening to the show for a long time, we keeps it real. For sure. Let me start with this. You get a check in the mail written in your name, you ain't got no job. Don't nobody owe you no money. You ain't played no lottery. You know that check ain't yours. You cash that check, you are saying consequences be damned. I need this money. You are the Don't start whining and boohoo and be ready to take what's coming. Mm. Now, if you legitimately think that you were entitled to this check, let's say a check came to you from your old boss. You knew they owed you back money. And you went and you cashed that check. If you can innocently say, yo, I thought I was entitled to that check and here's why, then you have nothing to worry about. It does not mean you're not going to be arrested. It means you're going to have a defense when it comes to trial. And you may, be, may even be able to convince the DA's office to drop the charges. But notice if she you said can... trial and DA. No, Those but... things mean don't cash the freaking check. Call them and say that you send me this money. <laughs> and dang sure don't go to the check cashing place that you always go to. Because most of them are trained to spot fraudulent checks. And depending on the amount of money they finna make off the check, if they're going to take 6% of your $750 check, but they know the bank ain't going to honor that, they're not going to do you no favor. They're going to call the police. You mm-hmm. get a check in the mail and you're not sure... Take it to the police department. That's really going to happen. I'm yeah. serious. Take that check to the police department or put it in the round trash crayon. Shed that nonsense. Let's be real, y'all. You get a check in the mail. You ain't got no reason to respect it, and you cash it. You are walking into the fire. Call a lawyer. Have that lawyer retain him because you're going to get arrested, and you're going to have to fight those charges at trial. So the person who wrote that helped me. Call a lawyer. Turn yourself in. Because the longer you wait, the worse it's going to be for you. And depending on the amount in Pennsylvania from $478, that's nothing more than a misdemeanor. But you're going to be facing charges like bad checks, identity theft, theft by deception, securing the execution of a fraudulent document, forgery. They're going to take that one little bad check and turn it into nine charges. Don't let it get that far. Reach out to an attorney. You can email me, Deborah at DebraRainLaw.com. Next question. Next question You're is... You're listening to For the People, Law, and Plain Language yeah. with me, Dad Brady, your compassionate lawyer. <laughs> We're black, a.k.a. the Broke Poet. What's up, fam? What's going on? Simply the PhD producer. My producer. Playing Christmas music. Bad Christmas music, too. <laughs> How can Christmas music And we also bad? learned that ginger root tea will help for cramps. But we're not sure. discussing and that. And if y'all have legal any other advice, we would like to hear that. Thank you, because they're starting to come back with a vengeance. Next question, please. So, this is a young lady, and she says that she saw a car accident with two cars. One of the cars took off. The person in the car who stayed is the car that was hit, and they came over, and she was all prepared to give them her name as a witness until the guy just turned out to be creepy and was trying to pick her up and asking for her phone number at the same time. Um, she offered to take his number, but she just went, went to make sure that she's not in any legal trouble for not giving her number because the guy was just a creep. Pennsylvania actually has a statute. If you are involved in an accident where injury occurs, you must stay, ensure that no one's in need of immediate life uh, mending emergency, provide the required documentation, and then you can take off. You don't have to wait for the police. You have to stay, render aid, or determine if aid is needed, 
Ensure that the other people receive your information, license, registration, and insurance, and take off. But this person I don't wasn't s- in the accident. If you're not they in the accident, no, you don't have to hang around. Okay. Go on about your business. Stop being nosy. No, no, no. Just, she was the witness. She you know was rubbernecking. <laughs> she wasn't involved. She was being nosy. She the kind of person why the, the boulevard backs up because everybody tried to see what's happening behind them, and they weren't involved. Mm-hmm. I'm just kidding. If you really do want to provide your two cents because you saw what happened, Write down your name and number discreetly on a little card. Run over, throw it into the car of the person that you believed was not at fault. Now, and the take other off person and do your left, thing. the only person that's left was the creep that well, was trying to Well, the moment I saw up. the creep, I'd have ran over him and kept on going. <laughs> sure. I'm just joking. <laughs> but no, as a bystander not involved in the accident, the law does not pertain to you. But if you're one of those Susie Straight Lace people like Renee and you want to make sure that you're doing the right thing, Ensure that someone has your information so they can get in touch with you and take your statement as to what happened because someone's suing somebody. Someone may even go to jail. And in Pennsylvania, if you leave the scene of an accident where a death or serious injury occurs, if you're convicted, guess what? It's a mandatory one to two years in state prison. Don't play around with it. There, it, you, you do have a duty to stay, render aid, and provide the necessary information. This is not the person, this is not the third person. Who no, this is people that are involved in the accident. Okay. But this third person, maybe they can just call the police and say they saw it if they don't want to give Johnny the They ain't got to do nothing but move right on. They ain't got to do nothing. They can call the police and say, look, I was at this location at this time. I saw this. Here's my name and information if anybody needs me. If you must do that, you can do that. But there's no duty to you to okay. do that. Okay. I hope that answered your question. Next question. I was not a sex offender. I pled guilty to what I thought was a non-sex offense. My PO said to me that now I have to register as a sex offender for 15 years. What the hell? Okay. Long question. I think what the person is saying, he he or she was charged with sex offenses. The lawyer worked at a deal where the lawyer thought he could plead him to something like indecent assault, indecent exposure, some non- Megan's law registrable offense at the time he took the plea and there is a new law that's going to take effect in September and on December 20th and it's not it's a federal law that the states bought into remember I told you a couple shows ago that when the feds pass laws the state don't have to honor it but if the states want money from the feds they'll honor that law and adopt that law and make it a state law this law is SORNA sexual offenders registration notification act For all intents and purposes, some of those crimes in Pennsylvania and other states that normally would not have been a sex offense or an offense that requires you to register under Megan's law, now they are. And those offenses that used to be a 10-year registration offense have now turned into possibly 15, 25, and lifetime registrations. I'm going to say this to anybody out there within the sound of my voice and you hear me. If you are someone or you know someone who's currently on probation on parole for a sex offense or an offense involving a child and you're not sure that SORNA applies to you, call your court-appointed lawyer, your private lawyer, or call the public defender's office. There is a meeting of the minds occurring now between the district attorney's office, the public defender's office, and some other, um, the Pennsylvania Association of Criminal Defense Lawyers, or PACDL, and they're trying to put their heads together to figure out a way to get some of these people out of off probation before December 20th where they have to register. After December 20th, 2012, there are going to be a shitload more of folks who are going to be required to register on Megan's Law. What does that mean? When somebody puts in the browser Megan's Law and the Pennsylvania Sex Offenders website pops up, your picture's going to be there. 
And if you fail to register after having been told to do so, you will go to jail. Most failures to register now have a mandatory minimum sentence. Don't play around. If you're not sure, email me or reach out to an attorney. (coughs) That's crazy. (coughs) And unfortunately for the defense attorneys, we had no say in this SORNA, whether or not it was adopted. (coughs) Because I don't have a couple billion dollars to get the state of Pennsylvania to get them not to adopt this nonsense. So they adopted it. Because the feds bullied them and handled and hung um, money over their head. Let's be real. There are some folks who probably should register for sex offenses. But you're 18. You committed kidnapping. The kids are under the age of 18. Who expects that person to be a kid to be a sex offender? That's ludicrous, right? Well, guess what? When SORNA comes down on December 20th, if you don't know, you better call somebody. You better call your lawyer. You better call the public defender's office. Talk to your probation office because they're supposed to give you all the information and instructions on how to register, how long you have to register, because the rules for registration change with every state, with every county, with every city. You have to register once a month. You have to register every time you change your job, every time you go to school somewhere else. There's a lot of rules, and if you violate those rules, you're looking at jail time. If you're not sure, (coughs) please ask someone. And if you're interested in reading more about this statute, it's S-O-R-N-A, short name SORNA. Next question. I went holiday shopping with friend. Their friend later showed me things they stole. Not sure what to do. Stores have camera. Pissed and scared. Ain't nothing you can do now. You left the store. You already accomplished. (laughs) One of the things that you need to be prepared to call an attorney and be ready to give a statement if if they come for you. Do you have a duty to go back to that store and say your friend stole? No, snitch. Mind your business and going about what you're doing. Can they arrest you? Sure they can. You said the stores have cameras. How do you know the cameras are working? Most of the time those cameras are up there for nothing more than window dressing. Unless, and from based on that question, it suggests to me that you had no idea what your friend was doing because you may not have been with them or whatever. If you're not sure what to do, call an attorney right away because you could be facing shoplifting charges. And let's be real. This is the holiday season. Why am I saying that? Stores are prepared for the most part for some of their inventory to go walking out the door. Let's be real sure. because the, the consumers don't aren't the only ones that be stealing the, 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 the managers, the CSL, CSRs and all those. They steal, too. Go to the Walmart on the boulevard here in Philadelphia. Sorry, they they expect this, they expect way over here because of the, 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 the chances right now with what's happening. Stores like Walmart, CVS, the smaller stores, they're more likely to do something about it. Right. The sure. bigger stores they ain't got time. But they don't some care. Stores have some stores and some neighborhoods have strict. We catch you shoplifting. We prosecute everybody. OK, so then sure. remember, then the burden is on them to prove what you did. Let's hope your friend was astute and smart enough to get a receipt. I'm saying to the person who asked that question, you didn't steal nothing. Go on about your business. Call an attorney. Talk to that attorney. Put that attorney on retainer in the event that you are arrested and charged. Go to your friend. Go to your friend who was shoplifting and beat the hell out of her and tell her you want a profit. I'm just kidding. Just ignore that. I'm (laughs) just joking. What I would suggest that you do, the person who wrote that, call an attorney and put that attorney on retainer. If you're that scared, you can even call your county DA's office and say, look, on this particular day, I went shopping with a friend. 
She did her thing. I did my thing. We end up back home. She shows me all these things she's stolen. I had no idea that she stole those things. Be labeled a snitch and, you know, but if you <laughs> really feel that bad, you can count, call your county DA. You yeah. really can. And what will the DA do? It depends on the county that you're in. They'll probably make you come in and give a statement. They'll pull the um, tapes of that store to see if the tapes show that. If they don't, you're going to be their star witness. You insist on immunity and you testify on their behalf and your dumb friend goes to jail for putting you in that position. Mm-hmm. Find new friends. Period. Yeah. Next question. What? My landlord is a scumbag. I asked to pay rent a little late. He offered it so long as I have sex with him. What can I do? Ooh, that's nasty. That's net. First of all, he's committing a crime in Pennsylvania. It is illegal to solicit sex for money. And this, for all intents and purposes, is sex for money. You can call the Philadelphia District Attorney's Office Private Criminal Complaint Unit and file a complaint against his nasty ass. You can also call yourself a, a real estate attorney, put that attorney on um, retainer, and be prepared for a constructive eviction claim. We talked about that in one of our past podcasts. Go to my website, DebraRainLaw.com. It's the landlord tenant. Landlord, landlord, wild for out there, a scum lord, or the other one was the hand that signs the lease, and you'll learn all about constructive eviction. The bottom line here is do not have sex with that nasty son of a bitch. Don't do it. Landlords, if you out there doing that, shame on you. We're going to do a Lorena Bobbitt on you. You better stop it. I just realized my teenage son is sneaking out at night. What can I do under the law? Want to whoop that ass? Where is line between corporal punishment and abuse? Okay. There's a whole bunch going on in that question. Number one, your teenage son is sneaking out at night. Lock the door. Go to bed. Period. Call the police. Report that child as a runaway. The state of Pennsylvania, contrary to popular demand, does not interfere with a parent discipline disciplining his or her child you just need to be smart about it you can't go punching your child in the face getting a black guy and not expecting somebody to arrest you for simple assault if you're going to punish the child the line between corporal punishment and abuse to me don't leave no marks be smart punch him in the chest lift the shirt up punch him in the chest take a phone book hit him upside the head i'm just playing (laughs) (laughs) Bottom line here, ladies and gentlemen, you do that what you need to do in order to discipline your child. Know where the line is drawn and be prepared to defend that what you've done. You know, mama, papa, foster mama, big sister, you know the difference between abuse and corporal punishment. Don't cross the line. Call the police about that runaway child and go on about your business. If he or she is running away, they think there's something better out there for them. Let you know that you love them and you'll well, be there, but they got to follow your rules. Sneaking out. I think sneaking out means they sneak out and they come back in. And well, you need to lock no the good. doors. When you know they're sneaking out, lock the damn doors. And uh, that's on them. One last question. What's the question, Black? I got hurt at, at, at work, and the job told me I had to accept. If I accept workman's cop, I have to quit. Or I have to go to court for work, Miss Cop. What do I do? Oh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Is it illegal, first of all, for your job to force you to, to decide between accepting a workman's comp settlement and quitting? It's not illegal. Right now, until the right to work passes, 
Pennsylvania is one of those states where employers can fire you for just about any legitimate reason. There's a really small number of reasons that we can sue employers. But somehow that doesn't sound like it's a legitimate reason. It doesn't. So I'm, I'm getting ready to get there. Le- employers can fire you for a number of legitimate reasons, pretty much for any reason that they want to, actually. There are some reasons that they can't fire you. They can't fire you because you're a woman. They can't fire you because you're black. Let's be real. This is 2012. Most employers are smart enough to try to couch that in different terms. Exactly. The law as it relates to workers' compensation, unemployment benefits, and the like is this. If you are fired from your job and you're seeking unemployment, you as the person who's seeking unemployment have the burden to prove under the law that you were fired for a legitimate reason, that you did not quit. If you accept the workman's comp settlement and agree as a part of that settlement to quit your job, you've just lost any right to unemployment compensation because you aren't are going to have a hard time demonstrating to the unemployment folks that you had a reasonable reason for quitting your job. Let's say you're suing your employers for racial discrimination and the like. While you're in the midst of that, they put you in this dangerous position and you get hurt and you're entitled to workman's comp. And they say, not only will we pay you what you're claiming under workman's comp, we're going to triple it. But we want you to accept this money and quit your job. Do not do it. Because the moment you quit your job, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to have a difficult time showing what the law requires, that you had a legitimate, acceptable, legal reason for quitting your job. And you're saying I was forced to because I accepted this um, workman's comp settlement is in a lot of states is not going to be sufficient to demonstrate a legitimate reason for quitting your job. It's a catch-22. How much do you want that job? What are your options? If they don't offer you the, the workman's comp settlement, the law says you're entitled to what you're entitled to. If you're hurt, you lost this amount of, of time from work, you're entitled to this much money, that's what you're going to get. Anything that's extra is gravy, right? So don't be greedy. Do not be greedy. If you're willing to accept that triple payment, Take it, quit the job, and move move forward. Keep it moving. You can't have the both the best of both worlds, unfortunately. Don't be greedy. If you're not sure, if you're working with a union rep, for example, have an attorney look over that settlement agreement to see what rights you really are giving up. Because don't give the rights up now and try to come back later and, and check because you're going to be shit out of luck. Don't be greedy. And it doesn't sound like some place that you would want to work at for long anyway if they're that slimy. Well, that's not slimy. That's called being smart because the employer knows if you accept that workman's comp settlement and quit, you can't then turn around and claim unemployment compensation. That's not being slimy. That's being smart. They know the law. They hired a couple lawyers and they worked that out. It's slimy. I agree with you, but it's, it's not also a people smart. place at all, <laughs> at all. But you probably knew that working there, but they was paying you real good. Well, Ladies and gentlemen, at nine o'clock, I was going to call. Um, this young lady, it's like 9.05, yeah. and we're going to call her now as soon as I get the number. I thought I saved it in my phone. Gwen, if you're listening, call me. That's Two one. Lynn. F- sorry, Len. I'm sorry, Len. 215-609-4301-215. Len, you gave me a number. What number you said I can call? All right, answer. What do I do? Can you take it off the sheet? Looking uh, all I'm special and crazy. I didn't know what you were Can asking. You Why don't you let me handle that? 
And you take this okay, last question. Last question. And I'm going to ask questions. Red light ticket and mail. That traffic light was stuck in red, stuck on red, and broken. Um, for those of you that don't know, Philadelphia County and, and a whole bunch of other cities throughout the nation have installed these red light cameras. And it literally is a camera in the red light. The moment the light turns red, it takes pictures. It's sort of motion activated. And, and and if you stop and watch it, and I noticed at the one downtown at City Hall now, I figured it out. Well, you should know that. We got about five of them. <laughs> the camera won't even trigger without motion going through the light. When that light turns red, if no car motion goes, the, the camera won't go off. The moment you go through that light and it's red, the camera triggers. It takes a really clear picture really of picture. your license plate. <laughs> Trust and believe that. I saw my dreads in the car picture. Up close and personal. <laughs> if you're insisting that the light was broken, you need to find other people who may have seen the light being broken or heard you talk about it. You get the ticket in the mail. You can pay it or you can dispute it. If you dispute it, you go in, you, you get a hearing date. You're going in front of an administrative person. It's not a judge. You don't need to waste money with a lawyer. Take the people with you who knew or had reason to know, heard you talking about the light being broken, Argue that to the administrative person. And nine times out of ten, when you challenge it, they'll give it to you. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a really, really quick break, and we'll be right back. Don't go nowhere. For sure. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nipping at your nose Yuletide carols being sung by a choir And folks dressed up like Eskimos Everybody knows a turkey and some mistletoe help to make the season bright. Tiny tots with their eyes all aglow will find it hard to sleep tonight. They know that Santa's on his way He's loaded lots of toys and goodies on his sleigh And every mother's child is gonna spy To see if reindeer really know how to fly And so I'm offering this simple phrase To kids from one to ninety-two Although it's been said Many times, many ways Merry Christmas to
a simple phrase to kids from one to ninety-two. Although it's been said many times, many ways, Merry Christmas to Nat King Cole. What a smooth sounding man. The Christmas song. Ladies and gentlemen, please say hi. Denise, are you there? Yes. How are you? Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, this is 12 year old Denise Q. She was in a couple shows ago. I promised I'd let her sing something on the air, and I screwed up, and I wanted to make it up to her. Hello? So, Denise, do me a favor, baby. Turn down the speakers on your computer because I can't hear you. I need you to sing to me in the phone. We're going to record you so you can hear it, but you got to turn down the speakers on your phone, on your computer right now, okay? Talk to me on the phone. Can you hear me? A little bit. Okay. Um, what song are you going to sing? Hello? What song are you going to sing, Denise? Mariah Carey, All I Want, All I Want for Christmas is You. Okay. In three... Two, go for it, Denise. Okay. I don't want a love from Christmas. That is just Cut you off, baby girl. Didn't it, um, Denise, sweetie? Oh, sorry. Excuse me. I'm sorry.
Denise, thank you, baby. Can you hear me? Denise, baby, can you hear me? Okay. Okay, Denise Q. Okay, baby girl, bring it down. Bring it down some, sweetie. Bring it down. Listen, the fact that you know the words to that song is pretty amazing. I think that I hear some talent there. I hear some talent there. But I think that you need to work a little bit on your ranges. You're only 12, so you got a lot of long way to go. But the fact that you're able to keep that beat going... The fact that you're able to get them voices, get those those verses out there, that was brave, little girl. And I want to say to you, keep it going. Mama Lynn, be proud of your baby girl. Take her to get some lessons so she can get a little bit more control over her tone. But her tempo was really good. Denise, can you hear me? Yeah. That's a really hard song to sing. And the fact that you knew the verses like that, you had the tempo down. Work some more on your um, tone, but you were... Oh, it's Janice, not Denise. Why don't you check me? I'm getting your name all messed up. I just (laughs) want to say two things. Thank you for being so brave and singing to us, and I apologize for taking so long to get you on the air. I want you to make me a promise. I want you to call me or Miss Renee in three months, and then then we're going to invite you into the studio to do a version of that, and I will expect the tone, the tempo, and all that to be fixed, right? Okay. Because I'm going to let you come in here in the studio and do it live if you promise me you're going to get the tone and the tempo and fixed, okay? Yes, I do promise. Okay, baby girl, because Mariah's one of my favorite singers, too. <laughs> Y'all have a good night. Merry you Christmas, too. and God bless. You, too. Give it up for Janice, y'all. All I want for Christmas is you. Anybody else out there think they got a voice they can sing a Christmas carol? Hit us with it. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to For the People, Law and Plain Language. With me, Deb Rain, the compassionate lawyer, my For the People fan, Black, a.k.a. the broke poet. Simply the the producer, Ph.D., Sadiddy, Jill Straightlace. We have been um, answering our listeners' questions, providing responses and hopefully entertaining you but also giving you an idea of what your (laughs) what your legal rights and responsibilities are remember with every legal right you have a responsibility remember the differences between rights and privileges please don't drink and drive if you are going to drink and drive be careful because you might spill your beer i'm just playing (laughs) make sure you get a designated driver Take your time and eat between your meals. Eat food. Drink water. Best of all, get a designated driver or drink at home where it's safe. Every time about this time, we have our in-house poetess drop some knowledge on us. Miss Black, take it, girl. Miss Wayne, have a specific time of the night. I decide to be a little... uh 
gonna be a little diverse, you know, I do a little something that. different, switch it up a little bit, okay? Just vibe with me, all right? Check it. Another day, another dollar, gotta make it through the struggle, find a way to survive, put my team in the huddle. I'm trapped in the gutter, feel more like a bubble, air thin up here, gotta find a way to hustle. Another body falling, another statistic, trying to make sense of this black epidemic. How can I end this? This shit is endless. Where is the justice? I'm very offended, I'm at the bottom of the food chain, trapped in the shack, selling crack more like selling death in the bag. Babies having babies, babies left in the trash, fresh out of jail, nobody wanna hire my ass, so when I'm out of do on this rainy day take a nap under the flower sleep the pain away daydreaming about how we need a better day rain 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 please go away i fell asleep on oh real woke on lehigh to find my pop third floor going through detox it ain't funny when you hungry with no money your crib looking like you in the third world country get the end of days will come get me i weighed on them while blowing haze from the 60s locked up the only way the state gonna remember me never in the circle we've been going on for centuries i know it's wrong but i gotta spit it vividly they took away our music and switched up our history Uncle Sam, I can't let him get to me. Slide me a record deal so he can have rent on me. Eventually, I make him more than what he spent for me. Why they getting all the bread if I got the gift on me? It's a daydream. Wow. What? She was trying to show y'all she got a little bit of rhythm, too, y'all. Yeah. And by the by, if anybody cares, our in-house poet is also a rhyme master. And you can tell by that piece. If anybody wants to reach out and check Miss Black out, how can they friend you on Facebook, Black? Just hit me up at Black the Broke Poet. Hit me up on uh, email, RashawnBlack at Yahoo.com, you know? And you can also send her an email to For the People Law and Plant, For the People at DebraineLaw.com. Yeah. Thank you so much for checking us out. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, check out G-Town's website, www.gtownradio.com. You like what you hear? Check out our show and all the other shows. Wednesdays from. Three to five. Check out my girl, the sultry sounds of Serena Soul Brown. <laughs> Serena has a uh, part of her show where she likes to give new artists some love. So check her out, y'all. Go to the website. If you feel so inclined, hit the donate button. Get, give a dime. Give a nickel. Give whatever you can afford to give. Help us stay on the air. After all, we are a nonprofit. Nobody's making no money around here. Thank y'all for checking us out. Check us out every Tuesday night from 8 to 9.30. www.gtownradio.com. G-Town, the what? It's Sal from Germantown. Say bye, fam. Bye. Good night. What's up? What's up? This is Black the Broke Poet. Check me out every Tuesday night. 8 p.m. sharp for the people. Law and plain language. You know how we do. Cheer. Information presented on For the People is provided as general legal information. The general legal information is intended to inform consumers, is not intended to substitute for specific legal advice as it relates to the listener's specific legal issue. Consumers are cautioned not to rely on the general legal information broadcast on For the People as legal advice. No attorney-client relationship is created, intended, or implied between the consumers of For the People and Deborah Rainey Esquire, the compassionate lawyer, or the law office of Deborah D. Rainey. Please consult with an attorney for your specific legal issue.
We the people says the constitution created for creating solutions. However, we the people lack the understanding. Legal terms and conditions sound written on another planet. Our rights we take for granted, often signing away our chances. Cause we don't really know the circumstances. I swear I can't stand it. Then we're so demanding, quick to throw up a picket sign in the streets to exercise our freedom of speech. When this situation could have been avoided from the start, if we the people conquer basic knowledge of the law, so this is for the people. Law in plain language, breaking it down for us in layman terms. They have expressing her compassion and will for us to learn, not for a check, but to address how to win in these streets. This show is for you. This show is for me. It's for the people.